With Hashem's assistance, we are learning Gittin Dafim Aleph, page 41. What I'd like to do is back up a drop to the Mishnah on Memam Abayz so that we can get a, a clarity in the Sugya. Let's read it quickly. Masnis in the Mishnah. A slave that was made by his master to be a place to collect from for someone else. Meaning, Ruvain the master, he borrowed money from Shimon and he said to Shimon, if I don't pay, so you can collect from this slave. And on the slaw, he went and he freed his slave. Minadin, so this this slave does not have to do anything. The guy doesn't have to he can't take anything, he has no taina to take anything from the slave. But because of a tikana olam, we want to fix the world, Kaifinis Rabbi, we force the master of Isa Isa Ben Khani frees him. Because of Shtal Damov, and he writes out some kind of document stating his value. Saying, saying that he still owes the value. Mishimigamil says, In a case of El Meshachar. He doesn't have to write anything, he just frees him. Let's see the Gemara. Eved just said, Rabbi, a poitiki v'shechurai. The Eved who was made by his master to be a place to collect from, and then he freed him. Mishechurai, so who freed him? So the first sheet is Rav. I'm a Rav. Rav says like this, Rabbi Rishon, the first master one who freed him. Shuras hadin, so min hadin, in ha'eved chayv kulum l'rabbi. Sheni. So the Eved, he has no, the slave has no requirements towards the second guy, to, to Shimon in our story, who was owed the money. Kedarav, like Rav says, I'm a Rav. If you freed your slave, it takes it out of any kind of obligations that are previous. But because of it, we want to fix the world. He might be found inside of the market, meaning the guy who's owed the money. He's going to see the slave that he was supposed to be able to collect from. He's going to see him in the market and he's going to say, the Yamarle on the top of 41a, he's going to say to him, Avdiyata, you're my slave. So So the second guy, meaning Shimon, the person who was owed the money, so he writes some kind of document saying that he is freed. Because of Evishtar al-Damov, and in order that the master shouldn't do this, the second guy, meaning the guy who was owed the money, shouldn't do this, so the, the Evid, the slave, writes some kind of document stating that he's going to pay that guy his value. Says, the person, the slave doesn't write this document, but rather the person who freed him, which is the first original master, he writes it. He's the one who writes it. But So what are they arguing about? They're arguing about the, the concept of if you cause a damage to something that was obligated to someone else's loan, that one holds that he's chayv, meaning the guy, the first guy, the first owner, since he went and he freed the slave, so he destroyed the ability of the other, other person to collect from the slave. So that guy is going to be the one that's going to be chayv. He's going to be obligated to give the to give the money. Umar Savar Potter, but the other one says no. He's Potter. He's not. He's not responsible for this. If you cause some kind of ruination to something that was obligated to to someone else's loan, you're Potter. Maybe it's called just a grum. It's only a, you know a second level. It's not direct, and therefore the slave is the one who has to write this document. Itmar Nami. We also learn similarly, we find explicitly in this memra that in regards to somebody causing damage to something that was obligated to, to someone else's loan, so it has to do with exactly our machlokis and our mishnah, this argument between Rishim Gamliel and the rabbis. Ula Amar, so now we get to Ula. Ula says it's a totally different explanation. Who is the one that actually freed him? Not the first master, the original master, but rather the second master, the one who is owed money to. So so this slave, he's not he's he hasn't been really freed, so he doesn't have the obligation as a full fledged Jew in all mitzvahs and all commandments. But we say because of people think that he was freed because he was freed by this guy who didn't even own him, but the original owner did not free him. We force the first master, the original master, and he also has to write, he also has to go and free him. 
The case of Eved, Shtar al-Damav. The Bach adds in that the Eved is the one who has to write some kind of document for his value. Rav Shemigam al-Omer, in a case of al-Mashachrer. Who is the one who has to write it? It's the first, the, the second guy, the guy who was owed, owed money to, the one who freed him and caused the first guy to lose his slave, that's the one who has to write this document. Meshachar Kosev. So what are they arguing about? When you cause a damage that you can't actually see physically the damage. So one holds it is considered some kind of damage and therefore the one who's writing it is the one who caused the damage and the fact that you can't see the damage doesn't matter. So therefore the one who's writing it is the second guy, the one who is owed the money to. And the other one holds, meaning the Tanakama, that it's not considered that he's done anything wrong and therefore he doesn't write this, this document but rather the slave writes the document. And Rashi says the reason that the slave has to write this document and owes money is because he's the one who's benefiting from this whole deal. So therefore he writes the document saying that he owes his master the money for his value. Now the Gemara says, Ula karav. Why did Ula, the second explanation, not say like the first explanation of Rav? Because how could we refer to the second guy as the slave's master? He's not the slave's master at all. It doesn't, doesn't make sense. It's inappropriate. That's why he didn't want to learn him. And why did Rav not want to say like Ula's understanding, the second understanding, how can you refer to the second guy as possibly being someone who's going to free him? He can't free him. It's not his. Itmar, we learned in a memorandum. Let's say somebody makes his field a place that someone can collect from if he defaults on his loan. And what happens? The river comes and he and it overtakes the entire field. The field is covered with water. Ami this man named Ami Shaperna said in the name of Rabbi Yechanan, in a government He does not have the right to go to the other Nachasim, the other possessions, and collect from the other possessions. The father of Shmuel says, no, he can indeed collect from the other possessions. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak says like this, just because his name is Shaperna, which means very nice, that gives him a right to say something which doesn't really make sense, which isn't so nice. Meaning, he said something which doesn't make sense. Why is it? Why shouldn't he be able to collect from something else just because he specified that this is the place to collect from if in the end the place got destroyed? So the Gemara says, In other words, in the original way that the case was presented, it just sounded like that he said that you can collect from this, but he didn't exclusively say that this is the only place that you can collect from. That's why the Gemara had a question. Now we're saying, you know what? The, the reason that he said that he can't collect from anything else is because he said the only place that you can have collection from is only from this. We have a brisa that implies the same thing. If somebody makes a field, a place to collect from for someone else, and the river came and deluged that that uh, field, so then he has the ability and the right to collect from other properties. If the guy says, the only thing that you can collect from is only this field, so then he does not have the right to collect from other properties. Thus we see this exact distinction that we said. Let's say somebody makes his field a place for someone else to collect from, or for a ksuva of a woman who's supposed to collect after her husband divorces her or after her husband passes away. Give him a to the ability to collect from other places. Rishimigam Lil Omer, Rishimigam Lil says, 
Only a Balchov, only someone who's owed money can collect from other places. Isha ain't a Goyve Mishanachasim. However, a woman does not have the ability to collect from other places. Why? She ain't Daka Shal Isha Lachazer al Because the only way that she would be able to get a different place is only if she was constantly going round and round from one court to the other, trying to figure out which field was sold first, which field was sold second, which one does she have rights to. That's not the way of a woman, and therefore, there's only one field that's designated for her, and only that field can she collect from. Masis, and we begin the Mishnah. If you have somebody who is half slave and he's half free, so he serves his master one day and he serves himself one day. That's what Basil says. So you've made some kind of solution for his master, the master gets what he deserves. But as far as the guy himself is concerned, you haven't given him a full takana, a full correction. Why? Because he can't marry a maidservant because he's half fully Jewish. He's already halfway there. Mem Aleph on the base, 41b. Baschar Niyafshar, he can't marry a regular Jewish woman, Shekvar Chatsi Eved, because he's half a slave. Yivatel, so he shouldn't have any children. The only reason the world was created was that people have children. I didn't create this world, says Hashem, for that it should be barren. I created the world that it should be inhabited. So what do we do? Because of a tikkun we say, we force the master, and, and he frees him, his half. He writes out some kind of document on half of his value, and the, the slave gives that document to his master, saying that he owes him that money. And and in the end, Basil agreed to Beishamai that indeed, we do this whole story so that the slave shouldn't be left unable to get married. We learned on a bride, so we begin the Gemara. Someone who frees half of his, his slave. Rabbi says, indeed, you can do such a thing. Rabbi says, you cannot do that. Rabbi says, We're talking about a case where he tried to do it with some kind of document. The Rebbe Savar, because Rebbe holds, The verse says that in a case of some man that he had relations with a maidservant, and this is how she's described. The she has and she has not been redeemed. It wasn't given her her freedom. So here we have two different things. There's the freedom, which comes through some kind of document, and there's also the redemption that happens through money. So we connect the star, this document to the money. My kasef bin kula bin chesed, just like money, you can redeem half or all of her. Ashtar nami bin kula bin chesed. So to the document, if you want to, if you want to free your slave through a document, you can re- you can also free him halfway. The rabban and the rabban and the rabbi say gamri la la mi isha. They learn out la la gzera shavu from woman. My isha chetzi lo afev nami chetzi. Just like a woman cannot be divorced halfway, so a slave cannot be divorced or actually gotten rid of halfway. Avo bekes if the rabbi called kana. But in regards to money, everyone agrees that indeed you can do it halfway. Peduya ve'ena peduya, and and the person will be the slave will be halfway redeemed and halfway not. Now, what are they arguing about between Rebbe and the Rabbanon? Let us say that this is what they're arguing about. That the one who says, then indeed we connect a star, a document to money and say that it can be done halfway, it's because he holds that a hekish, which is inside of the same verse, a connection between two concepts in the same verse, that's a better thing than a gzereshava, which is going from one verse to another. And the rabbis who say that we connect it to a woman that just like a, a get, a divorce cannot be done halfway, so too a slave cannot be halfway released with some kind of document, it's because they hold that's better to make a gzereshava, a connection between two verses, that's much stronger.
Because that's something that you need to have a a, a Mesorah, a tradition from your Rebbe. The Mar says, Loi. No, the Kule Ama, everyone agrees, Gezira Shava Adifa. That Gezira Shava, a connection between two different verses through a word, is much stronger. Vishani Hacha, but here it's different to Ikala Mifrach, because you could ask a question. You could ask a question according to Rebbe on the Gezira Shava, on the connection between a slave and a Get Isha, a divorce argument. Mali Isha Shekane Ena Yitzabekasef. How can you prove anything from a woman? She doesn't go out with Kesef. She can't be released with money. Tamar Be'evich Yitzabekasef. But by a slave, he can go out with Kesef, with money. And therefore, you, it's better to make the connection through the hackish between a document and money to say, according to Rabbi, that indeed halfway you can get him halfway out, whether it's with money or whether it's with the document. Now, we have a whole new angle we're about to see on this machlokis. Rav Yosef Omar machlokis bekesef. Actually, he says the argument has to do with money. The Rabbi When the verse says that this woman who's a maidservant is is halfway there, it could be translated in two ways. It could be either translated that it means that she hasn't been she hasn't been redeemed, or it could be she is partly redeemed and partly not redeemed. So according to this version, according to Rav Yosef, so Rabbi is saying that she is halfway redeemed. She's partly and partly. And the rabbis hold that when the Torah says this, it's just saying that she has not been redeemed. It's not saying she is redeemed and not redeemed. It's, uh, this is the way people talk when they say that she has not been redeemed. But everyone agrees in regards to a document, you cannot do it halfway. So here what we're saying is that the argument is between Rebbe and the rabbis whether or not it's possible with money at all to do it halfway, to redeem her halfway. Or a slave to redeem halfway for that matter. Meisvin, the Gemara asks a question. If somebody frees half of his slave with a document, Rebbe Amar Kana, Rebbe says it's good. So this is very clear that there's an argument in regards to a document. Tiyufta the Rav Yosef Tiyufta. So it's an ironclad slug up. We've totally knocked out Rav Yosef because Rav Yosef said that they do not argue by by a document. So now the Gemara says, "Bishtar the pligi, of loy pligi." Maybe they only argue by a document, but they don't argue by money. Let me tell you, the to the Rav Yosef Bitarti. And in that case, if it, if that's true, if that assumption is true, which we don't see explicitly there, but if that's true, so then it would be totally destroy Rav Yosef completely. So Rav Yosef will respond like this: "Pligi bishtar." It's true that they argue by a document. They also argue in regards to money. So why did they argue? Why did they explicitly argue by a case of a document? This is to teach you the power of Rebbe. That even by a case of a shtar, by a document, it's a much bigger chiddish, it's a much bigger novelty to say that indeed a document has the ability to, to knock her out ha- only halfway. So now the Gemara says, So won't they argue by money, to teach you the power of the rabbis, that even by money they say that it can't knock you out halfway? So the Gemara says, no, it's much greater to show you that, to show you Rebbe's power, because he's the one who's saying that something is mutter. And to say that something is mutter, something is permitted, or someone is permitted, to say there's no prohibition on them, that's a greater power. So that's why that's something that we want to tell you. Tashema, let's bring a proof. The hefta, the verse says that she was redeemed. You might think that she was completely redeemed. That's what the verse says. She was not redeemed. And if the verse had said that she's not redeemed, you might think that she was completely not redeemed. That's what the verse says that she's she is indeed redeemed. So what does this teach you? What's the case? How does this work out? How do you have both? The case is where she's partly redeemed and partly not redeemed. 
Bekesef ubisha bekesef. And how did you do this? With money or with something that has value? Ve'enli ela bekesef. So all I know is something that has value, money. Bishtaminayna, how do I know that I can do this with some kind of document as well? Tamalomar, that's what the verse says. Ve'hefta loy nifta sa. Oy chufsha loy nitan la. So we have in the verse that it says the two things. It talks about money and then it talks about some kind of document. And what does it say further on? Ulohalanu omer vekasala sefer krisos. In regards to a woman, it says that he shall write to her a document of cutting off, of divorce. Just like over there, it can be done with some kind of shtar, some kind of document. In other words, it says the word la. In other words, how do we know that it's true by a slave that you can release them with some kind of document? Because it says the word la by a divorce document of a woman. So just like over there, it's with some kind of document. Afkan bishtar. So over here where it says the word la, it also is being done with some kind of document. All I know is that's being done halfway with money. And, and all the way with some kind of document. Meaning until now, all we have seen, as I made a mistake, but all we have seen until now is that it can be done completely with the, the document. That's all we learned out from, from the get of a woman. So how do we know, how do we know that you can do that with half of a, you can, you can release half of her or him, the slave, with a document? That's what the verse says. It says right next to each other you have the concept of redemption with money and releasing her with a document. So we connect the document with money. Just like money you can do whether half or the whole. So you can also do whole. So now, according to Rav Yosef, actually this works out very good. After he's already been slugged up and destroyed. So what does it end up being? So this price comes out like Rebbe, that by both a star, by a document, and money, so they can both do it halfway. But according to Rabbah, so the, the, the first part is going to be according to everyone. And the safe is only Rebbe. So Rabbah will respond, In, yes, it's true. The first part of the Brisa is going to be according to everyone. This said, it says that money can be done halfway according to everyone. The safe for Rebbe, and the end where it says that it can be done only, that even by a star, even by a document, it can be done halfway. So that's according to Rebbe. Ravashi Omar, Ravashi says, Rebbe. So the whole Mishnah is Rebbe. So in the Mishnah, our Mishnah, where it says, where you have a, a slave that's, that's half enslaved and half free, according to Rabbah, it's very good. So you could say that our Mishnah is going according to everyone, according to Rabbah, because you could say it was done with money. But according to Rav Yosef, it's going to come out that it's a das yachid, it's a singular Rabbah, and it's only according to Rabbi, because according to the Rabbis, according to Rav Yosef, they never say that you could, it's possible to, to free half of your slave. Out like the rabbis. And Ravina, so Ravina answers, we come up on the top of Membez, we can say that we're talking about a slave of two partners. And it's according to everyone, meaning what happened? You had two partners, and one of them freed his section, his part. And that everyone agrees to the fact that it's possible that he can be halfway freed.